Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Coach to Coach podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about going through boot camp at Training Center Cape May. Now, to start off with this one, I'm going to say, obviously, it's boot camp. It's not meant to be summer camp. It's not fun. But there are ways to make it go as smooth and easy as possible, and that's what we're covering today because they advertise it as an eight-week program. It's a little less than eight weeks. It's about seven and a half weeks when it's all said and done. However, with that being said, there's also things in place where you can get held back a couple weeks called reversion. And I don't want to see anyone get reverted at boot camp because the idea of boot camp is to transition into becoming a Coast Guard member from the civilian world. And the mindset of the person going in is that they want to get through as quickly as possible, effectively as possible. And when you graduate boot camp, you are ready to be a member of the United States Coast Guard. So that's the confidence that the train train center Cape May has when you go through the process and complete and graduate your boot camp class. So I'm here to give advice today on how I would approach boot camp, having recently gone through a few months ago, and what I might do differently if I was going now so that I can accurately make it through the program without having to deal with reversion because that's the biggest fear factor at boot camp is am I going to get reverted that's what everyone's always thinking because that means you have to stay extra time at boot camp and no one likes boot camp it's just simply how it is so without further ado let's begin and talk about how to get through boot camp at training center Cape May to start out when you pack your bag to go to maps for your final visit there before you fly off to train center KMA, you're going to want to make sure that you follow that packing list that the recruiter's office will provide you to a T. You're not going to bring anything extra because likely the drill instructors, training staff are going to make you throw it out. That's what happened to me when I got there. I brought a few extra things in terms of medical pills and stuff and I had to toss it in the trash immediately and I lost all access to that stuff. So don't bring anything extra that was not on that list. Now, when you go to the MEP Center and you're flying to Philadelphia International Airport out of your MEPS area, so regardless of where you flew out of MEPS, regardless of that's California, Florida, Maine, Alaska, Hawaii, anywhere around the country, you all fly into that Philadelphia International Airport. You'll meet up at the USO Center at that airport, and there'll be signs that direct you towards there. And then from there... Someone will come in and direct a group of you to ride a bus to boot camp. And this is that classic bus you always see on the YouTube videos where the training staff or the drill instructor will come on and they'll yell at you to get off the bus. And that's really when boot camp starts. So it's probably the most nerve-wracking ride (laughs) you'll experience because you all get on the bus, you're still in the civilian mindset, but you know boot camp's coming and the longer and longer that bus ride takes you know it's getting closer and closer to being in there and then the bus is going to approach the gates of training center cape may the bus driver told us on that bus he said enjoy your last few seconds of freedom because you're not getting out of here forever (laughs) and those words sent a little bit of uneasiness into all of us that were riding the bus because we knew okay this is going to happen here any moment now So the bus pulls in 
to your hall that you stay in the first week, backs in, and you can see the training staff and drill instructors on the stairs waiting for you. And that's a very intimidating sight. So at that moment, you're going to be very nervous about, okay, this is it. We're actually doing this. What's this going to be like? And one of them will come on the bus and, of course, be yelling at everyone to get off the bus. And it used to be that you used to muster up on those little foot tiles that were on the ground there that are still there. But due to coronavirus, currently they try to keep everyone separated as much as possible and you wear face masks. So that's the biggest requirement of boot camp that they're going to tell you is that if they see you without a face mask, you're liable to get reverted because of this new age coronavirus stuff. So while I'm talking about boot camp, I went through during the coronavirus stage. I'm going to try to talk about normal and coronavirus stage as much as possible just because you may be listening to this after coronavirus has passed or while we're still in effect with the mask mandates. So for my group, we had to go upstairs in the building. They had to sprint upstairs and go into a room and they're going to have you signing all these papers. You're getting yelled at. You're very confused. You don't know what's going on. It's very hectic. And so the best advice I can give for the first hour or so when you step off that bus is just try to keep pace with everything going on. It's okay if it's a little bit too rushed because everyone's getting rushed. It's late night. There have more buses of recruits coming that will be later integrated into your company. And so with all this helter-skelter, hectic stuff going on, you just want to try to keep a calm, cool, collected mindset as much as possible in terms of just doing what they tell you. Don't ask questions. Just do exactly as they say. After you fill out this paperwork, they're going to send you to a squad bay. You're going to shower up and go to bed. And the important thing is just listen to their rules and policies. There's certain rules such as you can't undress in the squad bay. You have to be in the head or the restroom to dress and change clothes. So follow rules such as that that they specifically lay out and you won't get yelled at or in trouble as much the first night. You're still going to get yelled at plenty. It's boot camp. <laughs> Moving on, as the week progresses, you have a little pocket guide that they give you the first day there to study. And they expect you to know this knowledge. Some of it you should have studied before you went to boot camp. That will be covered by the recruiter. So they'll tell you what knowledge you need to know before you're going to boot camp. And then there'll be knowledge that you need to study while you're there. This first week, while you're going through medical processing, is a very, very good time to study those manuals. You'll have some recruits try to have side conversations, talk with you, and you're still in a little bit of a civilian mindset. You think it's like you're hanging out here. But my advice would be to just ignore everybody and literally just study that book because if you are one of the recruits that's going to be chatty and talking with others, number one, if you're caught talking, you're going to get in trouble. And number two, in later weeks, if you haven't studied and learned that material inside that little pocket guide and you don't know the knowledge by the certain level that you should be at, you'll get reverted and have to stay at boot camp longer, which no one wants to do. So you'll end up getting to have the opportunity that first week through medical processing to really study that book. Now in coronavirus times, you'll have even more time because they're going through 
a quarantine period where they're making sure that no one has COVID that comes on base. So they take a couple COVID tests. In the meantime, they leave you inside a squad bay where the CCs come in occasionally, the company commanders. But for the most part, you're just left idle sitting there. So you've got plenty of time to get a good foundation study on that book, which is essential and very important to, I can't stress that enough, learn the stuff in that book and it will save you so much time later weeks of boot camp. Now, moving on, after the quarantine period or medical processing period, everything's pretty much leveled the same after this because once they have verified that no one has coronavirus here, now boot camp's going to start just like it would have as normal boot camp. Now, the only thing that varies is that you might be doing this week two or week three or at the end of week one, depending on how long the quarantine period is, if there's even a quarantine period. Now, how actual boot camp really starts now is you've gone through your medical process and you've been verified that you're clear to participate in boot camp by the Coast Guard at Train Center Cape May. They verified that. So they'll all muster you in a room in the CO of the base, Captain Felger at the time, but COs change every couple of years, will come into the room and they'll lay out their series of expectations and they'll lay it out to you that boot camp's not going to be easy. It's going to be one of the most challenging things you've done in your life, which is all very true because it's a very stressful environment. So you'll go through the uh, meeting with Captain Felger or whoever the CO is at the time and she will, she or he will leave. And from there on, the CCs have all reign in control on you. So after the captain's meeting, the CCs can start letting loose, yelling at you and dictating where to go. They can PT you. And there's just going to be a frenzy of rush of stuff. And the longer your quarantine period was, the harder it's going to probably be to get this adjustment out because people get kind of relaxed, especially sitting in those squad bays for that first week for a little while. So it's good just to keep in mindset that you don't want to get too relaxed. You always want to stay a little bit on edge because that'll help you prepare for this stage of boot camp where you're actually picking up. And the big thing here is that once boot camp actually starts, you're immediately given more accountability that you have to have on you at the time. Because the first couple of weeks while you're going through the medical process, and it's like your hands being held through the whole process. You're being told where to go all the time. You're in charge of being there. Um, and the CCs will be there to guide you where to go. Later weeks, they tell you, be at this place at this time. And you get to get your group to go to that place. And they're sort of monitoring. And you have a little bit more free reign on your movements. And so... With that being said, company starts to separate and you got to hold your standards to a lot more accountabilities. But that's why the first couple of weeks when the CCs are on you, they're trying to get you into this mindset that they're expecting of you, the standard they're expecting of you as a Coast Guard recruit or seaman recruit, as you'll be called at boot camp. So while you're there, this meeting has just happened and CCs take you outside. They're likely going to PT you because they've had all this built-up anger that they haven't been able to PT you for a couple weeks. And there's all different kinds of PT stuff they can do to you. So I'm not going to get into too much detail on this stuff. It's just I would definitely 
before you get to boot camp, I would exercise, do a lot of cardio core movements such as mountain climbers or jumping jacks, just any cardio core movement because this could be the primary forms of stuff they do, push-ups, anything like body weight workout stuff. Those are all very good to have in your arsenal before you get to boot camp. Also, it helps with a couple of the static strength techniques such as holding something above your head for a long period of time or hold something out in front of you for a long period of time. If you can build those muscles up for a couple of weeks before heading to boot camp, you'll be much better off because those are common, very stressful, very intense workouts that they do as like punishments if you're not performing well as a company. And the whole designation of this stuff is to have y'all come together as a unit. So they're breaking down the individual and they're building you up as a unit, as a team, a solidified organization because out in the Coast Guard itself, we're all a team. We're all a team to accomplish our tasks and the mission of the Coast Guard. And you're coming into boot camp as an individual, not as a team player. And that's why they bring everyone down with this PT and the intensity of the first couple of weeks. And then they build you back up. And so when going through boot camp, that's important to remember is that there's a greater purpose. It's not just to torture us. It's to actually make us good Coast Guard members to serve in the fleet and be ready for the challenges that face us. So if you'll be going right out and doing search and rescue missions and you'll be on your game for those search and rescue missions and integrate into the team that's already in place there, ready to do their procedures. So everything that you do at boot camp does have a purpose, as ridiculous as it seems at the time that you're doing it. That's the important thing to stress to you. And the thing is, is that you're going to have a lot of road bumps and it takes a while for everyone to come together and buy into the mindset of this unit mentality. So my advice that I would give is looking back again, we took about six weeks from entering Cape May to get in that unit mentality and getting our stuff together and all on the same page. No one's ever going to have it the first week because it takes time to learn and work together. But I would say the faster you all can come together as a group, and for those of you listening, if you can be that voice, that the glue that brings people together, you're going to be very highly regarded in the group for being able to be a voice that can bring everyone onto the same page. And boot camp becomes much easier from that point on because really there's one standard from the first day that you guys were getting outside and PT'd to the end of boot camp, the standard didn't change. You just rose up to that level of the standard set in place. And so what you're trying to do is get to the, everyone to that standard as fast as possible as a unit, as one, not as individuals. And once you hit that level, boot camp goes a lot easier. You are going through the processes and there's less PT and Towards the end, you'll actually get to learn a little bit about your CCs and what their designations are in the Coast Guard based on their rates. They'll tell you about their careers. And that's a beautiful thing to be able to hear about is being a recruit and getting to hear from those CCs that you've been with since day one, how they came to join the Coast Guard, what are their careers. And it's much like it's part of the inspiration that made me start this podcast was being able to sit down, listen to them, hear their experiences in the Coast Guard. And I said, I want to be able to give those experiences 
of a bunch of different people to the masses. So that's why that's one of the coolest parts of boot camp. Now, I'm leaving out a lot in between because we have from week three to week seven where it's not just exercise and PT. You have some PT every single day. There's gym workouts that you have to get done. And then some people might have the swim tests and remedial swim. They didn't pass their swimming tests. And you got to do float suit tests. So there's all these different things on the schedule that pop up. But in addition to that, every day you'll have four to six hours of schooling and study time where you'll have advisors come in. You'll have meetings and conversations with people. And these aren't casual conversations. They're meant to get you into that recruit mindset, talking proper recruit comms. And as you're going through these meetings, talking to these various people, they're instructors at Cape May. And they expect you to be talking like a recruit and keep common customs and courtesies. But they are the ones that will tell you all the questions you have about the Coast Guard that you didn't have answered before you went to boot camp. Hopefully, if you keep listening to this podcast, you'll have a lot of those answers figured out because of the episodes that we're covering in the future. But for instance, if you didn't know exactly how a certain thing worked in the coast. How do stations work? How do I end up getting selected for certain stations? They'll walk you through that process and telling you, oh, this is how you fill out your orders and get selected for the station. And then how does this rate work? Oh, well, this is how this rate works and operates. And we'll be covering all this too. Starting with the most important thing that you'll figure out at boot camp is roughly around week four, you fill out what's called your dream sheet. Now, the dream sheet is where you get to say your two cents on where you'd like to be stationed, on what type of platform, and why. So the sheet itself has a spot that you can choose. I prefer Shoreside. I prefer Cutters. I prefer this district. This is why I prefer this district. And then you can choose at the end whether the district is more important to you or the type of platform is more important to you. Now, you get a little box to write out your reasoning for why you want to be at this location or why you want to be at this type of unit, various such as. However, it ultimately comes down to the needs of the Coast Guard. So you could say, I want to be at a small boat station in Alaska because I like to stay shoreside and go out for the day on the boats, and I like doing this type of mission. And Alaska could need someone at a small boat station, and so you get the billet. They actually do take into account what you say, and you get that billet. Regardless of what you're told, I believe the detailers are looking out for your best interest when possible. However, let's say that they don't need anyone at a small boat station in Alaska, but you put on your sheet that you really want to go to Alaska. Maybe they put you on a buoy tender on a cutter in Alaska. And the thing is, is that's where you're stationed now. You just got to roll with it. And coming out of boot camp, it's the hardest uncertainty because you don't know, unlike everyone else in the fleet, where you're going to be stationed. So how it works in boot camp is you just fill out this sheet. That's the last you hear about it for a good week and a half. And once the CCs have deemed that you are at that level that we talked about earlier as one, as a unit, at the standard that they're looking for, they'll get everyone together and go over their orders. Sometimes it's in a special location too, depending on your company commanders and what they decide to do. 
So when you get your orders, it's a very celebratory day because you finally get to hear where you're going. You get to start planning out, working with the unit. Hey, I'm actually going to an actual Coast Guard unit. You know, this is so cool. I got put on a cutter in Hawaii and your buddy might say, I got put at a sector in Guam and you get to research the location, see what you're going to be doing there and various duties and tasks. And so the thing is, is that your phones were taken at the beginning of boot camp. Obviously you don't have your cell phone. And when you get your orders, that's roughly around the time you'll be able to get a phone call too. You want to maximize that chance to get that phone call because it's probably the only time you're going to get to call before week seven when things start to wax up. So when you get that phone call, you can tell your family about your orders and have your family start helping you out with planning how I'm going to logistically get across the country if that's where you end up getting stationed from your home. Or can you help me find a house for this area if you're being told that you have to live on the economy and you didn't get in the barracks? Most people coming out boot camp do go to a barracks, but some people go to government leased housing and others go to the economy if there is no government leased housing or barracks available for that particular unit. So working together with all this, I know I have left out a lot of the in-nuanced details so far about what a day-to-day life is as a recruit. So I'll cover that next is... Wake up at 5.30 in the morning. That's standard every morning. Likely wake up to a loud noise and a fire, fire, fire drill. Get ready to do some PT. You go downstairs to do some PT. Then you'll get to do your morning routine afterwards. And It's not like a 20-minute glamour routine. It's about a five-minute shave, brush your teeth, get your bed made, get dressed, ready for the next day. And after you do your morning routine, You'll likely march off to breakfast. After breakfast, you'll have classes or different study times that you go to. If there is no classes, that's probably when the CCs are going to be coming in your room making you do different drills such as empty your rack, pack everything into your sea bag, come downstairs. Oh, now we're going back upstairs. Then you're going to fill your rack again, uh, lay it out the way that it's designated on the boards and then repeat the process or change into your boots, change out of your boots, various little menial tasks like that. But they're not menial because they're teaching you speed. And when you get that call at 3 a.m. to go on a rescue mission, you got to be able to get dressed fast. So there is purpose to this stuff, as I said earlier. But the thing is, after the class day's over, because these people that are teaching you are on a normal work schedule. They are normal Coast Guard members that have normal jobs and after the end of their work day they go home so that's typically when you'll go and you'll eat dinner and then you'll have more time with the CCs and you'll end up doing your evening routines starting a little bit before 9 p.m. and you'll go and take your showers brush your teeth clean your squad base it's always cleaning the squad base it's like a constant thing you're doing Anyways, you clean your squad base, and then you'll end up going to bed at 9.30 at night. Most people, like, they'll talk for a little bit in the birthing. I'd recommend just go to sleep. You don't want to talk because you're going to maximize those sleep hours. They're supposed to give you eight hours of sleep. 
they give you literally from lights out to lights on eight hours. So you want to maximize that sleep time because you want to be on your A game performing during the day so you don't slip up recruit comms, which is really easy to do. You've probably seen that a lot of people have red belts maybe on the photos. It's actually a lot easier to get a red belt than you think it is. It's not just for being a screw up. You can have one slip up, do something stupid. They can think you're not trying hard enough. You'll get a red belt and that puts you on notice and that's really close to the reversion times too. So you want to make sure you don't get a red belt because then that puts you on notice. Meal times, you've probably seen the videos of people getting questioned at the galley. That is going to be a thing is they're going to question you that knowledge. That's why we covered and I stress again, study that pocket guide because that's where they're going to be pulling the questions from. And if you can rattle out those questions right away, you won't get too many more questions after that in the galley. They're questioning the people that they think don't know their stuff. So that's why it's important for you to learn it early and effectively. And then to wrap up, um, the last couple days of boot camp, it's really getting ready to graduate, getting ready to transition to your next unit, calling up your unit, meeting times, when are we going to meet, and... Getting ready to say goodbye to the lovely train center Kate May and actually join your career in the Coast Guard. And it's a very exciting time. And like I said, I know I missed a lot of coverage, such as your classes, types of classes you'll be doing. However, you will learn all this stuff as you're going through day-to-day boot camp. It'll stick with you once you're in boot camp. I am just trying to give you a effective way of getting through boot camp from start to finish. And I feel that I've done so in this podcast. Now, if there's additional questions, feel free to send the email or contact the Coast to Coasties Instagram page, and I'll be happy to answer. And if there's something that really needs to be integrated, I'll make another podcast addressing that integration issue. So I hope that these tips helped you out and that you will be able to easily ace the couple weeks of boot camp that you have to go through. Don't have to worry about the reversions. Don't have to worry about anything because you listen to the Coast to Coasties podcast and we helped you get through it easily and effectively and you're well-prepared recruit to get ready to start your amazing career in the United States Coast Guard. Thank you for listening and I hope to hear you on the next episode.